a doctor in the house. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. All right, from the Geyers to autism, from Autism One to uh, Dr. Batar in Advanced Medicine on this Memorial Day. Uh, good to be back from Chicago. I'm sure you're good. Uh, well, good to be home from the Middle East. You've been there a couple of weeks. Yep, yep. Just got back uh, a couple of days ago. So uh, no worse for the wear. I'm sure. Again, the distance you traveled much greater than mine. But uh, they said they wanted you there. The information that you were given out. Uh, it sure upset some doctors, as we talked about, but then the higher-ups there were embracing you. Yeah, actually, did I send you the picture of me at the Ministry of Health in uh, Jordan? No, the last time I saw the pictures, you were covered in mud at the Dead Sea. Oh, okay. Well, there's a picture of uh, myself and uh, one of the person, uh, actually Dr. Hover, at uh, the Ministry of Health with Sam in, in Jordan. And uh, I'm supposed to be back there in October. They've asked me to be a keynote speaker at a university-sponsored event for a... Uh, a medical conference where it's talking about uh, new innovations in pharmaceutical interventions and new technologies to be able to deliver therapeutics. And, you know, it was supposed to be originally drugs, but now they've got therapeutics to, to get better efficacy. So they asked me if I was interested in giving a lecture on that. And, you know, basically I think they wanted to know what we do and how we do it with cancer. So mm. it's, you know, it's, it was well received. I guess the people that mattered, they're the ones that uh, wanted me to be, be present and, uh, to be asked to come back, you know, especially when apparently I upset some people. Yes. He asked to come back, and I was I was formally invited by the dean of the university, and uh, and they also asked me to, besides being the keynote speaker, they also asked me to chair the, the three day conference. Very cool. Now I guess that means uh, even though big har- pharma harma, I like to say, holds sway around the world in most every country. Uh, there is so, some cracks in the in the dam or chinks in the armor that uh, is allowing the kind of messages we deliver and you deliver to get through. Yeah, I believe that it really comes down to uh, issue of integrity, Robert. I think that for those, we've talked about this before, where doctors really do want to do the best. And I think for anybody of any reasonable intellect, when they see an approach that even though they may not understand it, maybe it actually flies in the face of what they have been taught or what they believe. Yeah. The results themselves are so overwhelming that it would only be natural for them to say, I want to know, assuming that their agenda is the same, which is to get people better. Right. I want to know how they were able to achieve X, Y, and Z. And so a person of integrity would pursue that avenue as opposed to somebody who shuts everything down right away because then when somebody shuts down, they don't care about the results. They don't care about anything else. If they just shut down because it's the opposite of their belief, then you know that their agenda is, is suspect. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's why I really respect uh, uh, Dr. David Geyer and his son Mark and their research. Uh, Dr. Mark, I apologize, and son David uh, uh, and their research on the mercury thing. I mean, they, they're pro-vaccine folks, but at the same time, they were not backing down on any of the things they uncovered just because they – feared somebody might not vaccinate because of the information they want you know safer vaccines in their perspective and they want people to have fully informed consent and i respect that immensely well mark and david i've known them for well over a decade they were actually uh present 
uh, we met the first time about a year before I testified in front of Congress. Um, I've known them for, you know, probably 12 years now, 13 years. And they've always done good quality work. And, you know, they're no different than us. They believe, I mean, you and I both, we're also not anti-vaccination individuals and neither are they. The only thing is that they're, you know, Mark is a very, very diehard researcher. He's a, yes. a, a MD, PhD, as you know. And they, you know that they were the ones who also exposed the truth behind sudden infant death syndrome, right? Yeah, I, listen, they're extraordinary if you think about it, but they have been raked through the coals, as oh, have sure. you and Wakefield and others over the years, because they've been willing to, to reveal the facts as they find them, as a real scientist we would believe should. Right, exactly. And and that's part and parcel, I guess, when you tell the when you tell the party line there's certain things you got to do, and when you refuse to pay, you know, to uh, pull the party line, then then you have to be raked through the coals like we have, and, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. I said they sleep well at night. I, I really got a sense of their heart, or you know, and a lot of times when you think scientists are just dry and mental, I really could see in in that last hour they really do care. They're not. They're human. In other words, some people think, oh, they're just machine scientists. No, they're really human. They do care about this, and I, I respect that immensely, and their work is uh, going to help a lot. It hasn't helped a lot already, and it's only going to help ultimately, but when those that, that literally have sold their soul just to promote an agenda, um, you know, one day they will pay the piper for their, their, let's say, obfuscation of the truth, the lies as such that have been happening, and all the children that have been harmed because of it. Yeah, I, I have long said, and you've heard me say this, if you've heard me say it once, you've heard me say it um, a thousand times, and that is that the atrocities that have been committed against mankind, not just the children that have autism, but this is actually an attack against the future of mankind. Right. Because they're affecting the most intelligent within within this uh, subpopulation. But, you know, it makes Hitler look like a good guy. Um, it, it, it's something that is unconscionable, and, and uh, the only reason that I have peace in my heart is because I know that if there is such a thing as heaven and hell, I know where those bastards are headed. So Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, here we are on Memorial Day, Dr. Batar, and this is a day was set aside to acknowledge the veterans, particularly who laid down their lives with the ultimate sacrifice uh, in protecting uh, this country and liberty. We recognize there's been a lot of corruption within a military-industrial complex, not just in America, but in many others around the world that kind of puts these soldiers out as cannon fodder rather than having them protect legitimately, constitutionally, what we perceive to be what is great about America. Uh, We don't want to sully the names of any of the veterans who have have passed away at this point, but we want to acknowledge those who have sacrificed uh, for the liberty that is genuine. And and the liberty that we are today enjoying, even though many of our liberties have slowly been stolen from us and many of them have been eroded without us even being aware of them uh it it's so important to remember that many have laid down their lives in order for us to have those freedoms that we take for granted and and we are taking them for granted and we risk losing them and forgetting the sacrifice that these people made in the past and it is so important and I'm glad that we're doing this one reason when you suggested, Robert, that we, uh, you know, run an encore today, possibility. Yeah, I say everybody's taking a day off. I wouldn't have, they wouldn't have sweated it. They'd have been okay with it. But I know you talk, we talked about it and you felt like, no, we should go today and, and really acknowledge this. Yeah, because to me, you know, it's one of the few, uh, it's, it's one of two days that are, that should be remembered, Veterans Day and Memorial Day. And, and I think that a lot of people just look at it as an opportunity. Hey, it's the day that we can go out and, you know, we don't have to go to work and we can go get drunk and get out of the lake and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We forget 
what the real purpose behind it. It's it's a it's a remembrance, and we should take a moment in silence and think about what these people went through. I mean, these are people's. This is somebody's father, somebody's son, somebody's brother mm-hmm. that that died, or or, or daughter uh, that died laying down their life for um, you know what we call freedom. And you and I both know that many of these causes were they were more politician motivated issues and not really uh, freedom associated things. And that's one reason war, when we start talking about, you know, when, when off the air, when you talk to me about um, the global viewpoint I had after coming back, right? I told you that the Israeli government is no different than the, um, you know, American government, no different than the Palestinian Authority government, because I mean, they're all, they're all corrupt. I mean, every yeah. one of them. Their power I, is derived on the fear of the people it, they, they, exactly, they rule over. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. it's a, it's a fear mongering. It's a fear infusion to create distrust and animosity among the people in order to further their own agenda, which is to create and accentuate differences rather than pr- promote and and highlight the, the similarities. Yeah, and, and that's I think an important message too. And I think of uh, you know our our kids and the next generations coming up. I I don't want them to en- enter into uh, wars that are not based on on you know really constitutional concepts of defense. Of the country and liberty, as opposed to uh, doing wars for bankers, which throughout history has been the case, and and I think those soldiers who have passed on look back from the other realm or side and say, uh, you know, have a de- perhaps a, a better perspective than we do because it's so easy to manipulate people through fear and drive them into these causes that may not be just. Well, <clears throat> what you said is true, Robert, and I agree with it, but I think. You don't have to wait till we're on the other side to see that these wars weren't just. I think that all war is unjust because all war is is unjust by definition. I don't care what the agenda is. There is no one can say even even the Revolutionary War and all these different things. When you start looking at it, if there's really a discourse among leaders, which it always comes down to leaders. Mm-hmm. I think that those leaders should fight it out to the death, preferably. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Let them do it. Uh, be, you know, but when they make peaceful evolution impossible, they make bloody revolution inevitable. Well, exactly. The revolution versus a war. Now, you remember, there's two differences here. Yeah. I'm not talking about revolution. I'm talking about war. When you have two governments go against each other. Revolution is when a government has overstep their authority and their boundaries and the people are being subjugated to injustice and now the people revolt against the government that's a different thing right i think that that's a, that's a progressive thing but it's i think it's a very very crucial mistake to equate revolution with war we're going to take a break here uh dr batar is with us it's doing you know as we do each week advanced medicine you can go to medicalrewind.com this is a special edition of, on memorial day here in 2015 uh, Dr. Batar can be reached through drbatar.com, D-R-B-U-T-T-A-R.com. The links are up in the show notes, as they always are, at robertscottbell.com, streaming live through our syndicator, gcnlive.com, as well as Natural News Radio and UK Health Radio and iTunes and Stitcher and TuneIn. Epic times as well around the world for health, freedom, and healing liberty. Dr. Batar and I will be back after these brief messages. Stick with us and uh, have an honorable Memorial Day. We'll be right back. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Rock 
in the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Hey, Freedom, Memorial Day. Did the soldiers die in vain for our freedom? Are we going to just give it up? Did they die so that we wouldn't be able to say no to vaccine tyranny, for instance? The freedom for parents to say, no, no, I don't believe it's the right thing for my child, whether it be personal, philosophical, medical, or other perspectives. Dr. Batar, you, you were highlighting, I think, a recent survey that was done in perspective on that. Yeah, it was actually something that uh, I personally had participated in. I got this some, some kind of a email, and I just happened to read it, and then they were asking for you know, your opinion on uh, should governments force parents to vaccinate their children. Of course, I had to participate. And um, after doing so, a couple hours later, I got an email that basically was talking about the results so far. And as of right now, there's it's not a huge response yet, 6,612 respondents. And you have the link too, right, Robert? Yeah, I see it here. Uh, it's like it, by percentage-wise, uh, do you feel governments should be able to force parents to vaccinate their children against communicable diseases like measles? 70% that responded to this, and this is at personalliberty.com. Uh, uh, perhaps the bias is toward freedom sure. on this site, but suffice it to say, I'm pleased anytime you have a sense that there are people that still respect that. Uh, they say no, 70% say no, it's unconstitutional to force medical treatment on citizens and override their religious or personal beliefs. Yep. Uh, and so to me that, you're right, it's probably a bias because of the website, but again, it is still important to recognize that people are becoming more aware. And by the way, it actually isn't as biased as we may think, Robert, because the poll isn't on their website. This was an email that I had received, and it was an arbitrary email. Okay. So it, so it wasn't necessarily, I think they're posting the results on this website. Okay. They, they sponsored point. it. So. Yeah, but 20, did you see the 29% what they said? Yeah. Yes, the irresponsible actions of anti-vaxxers, I guess that's what we are, right? Yeah, that's what they call uh, it. Has resulted in the resurgence of a disease once eradicated from the United States. The government has a responsibility to ensure the public health. I actually felt like Don when I said that. The insertion. <laughs> yeah, you're channeling Don. That's great. But yeah, the, the whole idea, remember, of public health versus private health. And as I said, collectivism is evil. It's dangerous. It means that you, you might be the one they sacrifice for this so-called greater good. And, you know, if it's your child that's sacrificed, how does that feel? Uh, and, and that's a, you know, that's something that the medical collectivists or even the leftists who have, uh, adopted vaccine religion, if you will, as opposed to the freedom to say no to something that could harm or even kill them. Well, that's definitely disturbing. But even more disturbing to me, Robert, is a fact that last line, the government has a responsibility to ensure, and it can, you can put anything in there. The government has a responsibility to ensure blah, blah, blah. Right. That's the part that is most disturbing that people actually would think that the government has a responsibility or that they're willing to put their lives or the, mm-hmm. or their family's lives within the, uh, by, by making the government responsible for them. That is the most in, significant, to me at least, it's the most significant, um, evidence of apathy when somebody expects another entity to be responsible for the thing that they should be responsible themselves the most. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. And, and the thing is, as we've seen and we've evidenced for many years here, the government, quote-unquote, the government made up of, I guess, on some level, humans that maybe lose their humanity and they sell themselves out as evidenced by, for instance, Julie Gerberding, right? All those years with CDC, she knew of the dangers of mercury in vaccines. She was told... And then she left when she said she did nothing but protect the vaccine makers. And then she went to Merck to head their five, 
I don't know, billion dollar division. And now she sold like, I don't know, thousands of, uh, of, of shares of stock for like over $2 million, I think. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, the recently when I got back from the Middle East, one of the things that I was told, and this was on Friday, I don't know whether you've heard about it or not, but apparently somewhere along the line, there has been some governmental admittance now that there is a relationship between thimerosal and autism. I don't think it's related to uh, her, but somewhere there have been some stories that have come out where I don't even know whether it's our government or other governments that have now admitted to the evidence that there is uh, a correlation. Have you heard about that? It just uh, well, I mean, they're, they're certainly they're pulling more out of the vaccine uh, courts, so to speak, and acknowledging like, I think 2,000 uh, uh, kids have been, well, for families of kids have been compensated for a vaccine brain injury related to thimerosal. So uh, whether they say autism specifically or not, the, ra- the recognition, and I think Cheryl Atkinson, of course, that great reporter you know of so well, has helped to reveal this. So uh, eventually they're going to have to. It's a, it's a shameful uh, thing, you know, like uh, so many things that have happened here where you cover it up instead of acknowledge what's going on to protect the people, in this case, protect the kids. Hey, it's Memorial Day, and uh, acknowledge those fallen soldiers who fought for our liberty. And yes, that includes the liberty even to criticize our government, the liberty to question it, and the liberty to say no to vaccines. Back with more of Dr. Batar here, Advanced Medicine, MedicalRewind.com, after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. Power of Radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. Yes, he's back from the world tour. It's Dr. Batar here with RSB. I'm back from Chicago. Great, great group of folks uh, at Autism One. Dr. Batar, of course, I, I missed you there, but uh, you were there in spirit. Obviously, people coming up and asking, where's Rashid? Where's Dr. Batar? And I uh, gave him the heads up. You're doing well. Getting the word out. Other side of the planet. And we're doing it now on Memorial Day. Again, thank you. And I know I shouldn't have to say thank you because, you know, we feel an obligation to get this message out as often as possible without fail. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is something that I look forward to as, as a unique opportunity on, on these type of days, Robert. To me, it's important that we do it. And, um, it's, if it's only our way of, um, taking a moment, you know, maybe it's not in silence, but it's still taking a moment to acknowledge sure. this because to me, it is very important. And I just to you, it is as well. So yeah, I did have a, a, a whole lot of people coming up so grateful. And, you know, I always end up in tears at least once, if not many times at autism one, just because of the families you see of these kids that were impacted and the struggles they go through. And, you know, they're grateful for shreds of hope and, and, and get together and laugh a little bit when they, you know, they don't have a lot of that. And, you know, so we had a lot of people coming up and saying thanks to, to you, thanks to me, thanks to all what, what we're do, what we're doing with this message. And it is, it's having a tremendous impact out there, even if it's just an energetic spiritual one. But indeed, we're teaching as well as informing, educating, and sometimes outraging, but uh, usually typically outraging the bad guys. Yeah. And that's exactly what, what our role should be is to at least bring awareness, you know, in whatever way it is. And each one of us, everyone that's, you know, people that are listening, people, that are participating in any in any way that they possibly can. Just the fact that even even the passive act of listening and understanding is mm-hmm. um, participation in the whole in this whole component. So you're contributing yeah. to it. And again, you know that's one reason I love our slogan: "The power to heal is yours." Because the empowered message or that the, the message of empowerment itself is, in my um, estimation, at least. Furthering this uh, agenda that 
that you and I personally have often making people more not only aware of the situation, but mm-hmm. making them more independent, making them more autonomous so that they can end up um, thinking what why right. this is the reason I say that God gave us all a brain to think. You know, it wasn't it wasn't for just to sit on a coffee table and uh and um use it as <laughs> ornamental basis yeah. or, you know, paperweight. The brain <laughs> Your brain is a paperweight, no. Yeah. Um, yeah. Your brain on drugs, of course, so many Americans still on drugs and uh, we'll get more into that. Also, a shout out to our friend Eric Leon, uh, pharmacist who's taken his son to you. We've talked about him. I've even had him on it, interviewed him briefly at Autism One. We'll get him on the air. He's so grateful for you as well uh, and for all the things we're able to get out to others. And he's, you know, doing his level best as a pharmacist to communicate that message in his own community. Yeah, you remember he, um, the first time I met him, it was actually an advanced medicine seminar where you and I were, I think, standing in line at a cafeteria and he started asking some questions and then he brought his son. I think he just started bringing his son to me prior to that, just prior to that. And then, um, you know, his son's course was, did not take that long. I mean, I think it took a little bit over a year. And, um, you know, he's, he's, uh, when we basically, when he finished, he was pretty much done with everything. I mean, he's a neurotypic child and, and if he's not 100% neurotypic, he's well on his way to becoming 100% neurotypic. But, that entire historical perspective and, you know, of you being there when we started his treatment and kind of seeing, it wasn't that long, maybe a year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. But, you know, before you know it, that time is up and it's such a crucial uh, time in the developmental phase of the child. And it's just every time I see or hear of somebody that started that process and now they're done with that process, I'll tell you, it's words cannot express um, and, mm-hmm. and money, any amount of money could not equate to what feeling that it gives you. Yeah, that was the joy that I felt after I was, I was sheer, sheer exhaustion. One of the days I had done maybe 20 interviews and by the end of that day, and you'll, you'll hear it when it airs, uh, I was just asking for help because I wasn't speaking clearly. At least I don't think so, although others might argue with that. But the point is I was there to, you know, have these stories told as well as interview some of these research scientists and doctors that are doing good work. And, you know, I don't say there's only one way to get well, although, you know, like you've written in the nine steps to keep the doctor away, there are principles that we have to implement. I do believe that absolutely. Uh, there's always nuances. There's always more to learn. And, and, you know, at these events, it's a great opportunity, not only for the, the lay audience to learn things, but also for the egghead research and doctor audience to, to share information. And a lot of that was going on. And, you know, that's, it's so good to hear that, that people are paying attention, that people are, um, Aware and it, it just reinforces that what we're doing, whether it's a Memorial Day, Veterans Day, whenever we're doing it, it's worth it, Robert. Because it, even if there's one person learns about it today that didn't know about it yesterday, that's mm-hmm. worth it, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And of course, uh, we want to see increases in cholesterol levels in our listening audience. <laughs> and I know some people are going, "What? What?" They're now talking. They want to make us sick. Well, look out of Japan, another confirmation, another validation. Not that we necessarily needed it, but we got it of the reality that if you have higher cholesterol levels than lower, you're likely to live longer, less cognitive, uh, let's say, decline, Alzheimer's, you know, even even in the autism spectrum, anything that affects the brain and nervous system relies a lot on the integrity of having adequate cholesterol in the body. Absolutely. I think cholesterol is one of the most vital things. We forget that it's a precursor for all the sex hormones. Without cholesterol, we would not be able to maintain the integrity of our cell membranes. In fact, it would just, we would just be organic mush. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, you know, we down cholesterol constantly and yet cholesterol is without cholesterol, there would be no life. Yeah. Yeah. So it is a statin scam. There's an article here at a friends at health impact news 
Four Japanese researchers published an analysis on cholesterol guidelines and statin drugs in the April 2015 edition of the Annals of Nutrition and Metabolism. Uh, so again, more, more confirmation of the things we've been saying for all these years. We're not saying just because we like to be right. It's just because we, 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 <laughs> we work it first to bring it out to you and make sure it's right the first time. Yeah. And I think this is, uh, something that a lot of people have been unknowingly becoming victims to because statin drugs are one of the most prevalent, prevalently prescribed medications in the United States. I think antidepressants are the number one. I think statins are number two, right? Yeah, right there. And one can lead to the other because if you depress uh, levels of cholesterol, that affects brain and neurological function, could, could lead to depression. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so this is important for people to realize that what you think you're doing because your doctor told you Again, it comes back to that same issue we talked about, personal responsibility. You're thinking the government or your doctor or your financial advisor or your minister or whatever is responsible. That's wrong. You are responsible for yourself. And it is your responsibility to find the information and decide what's best for you. But as soon as you start thinking that other people are responsible for your well-being, for your health, for your safety, for your whatever, you know, you've made a catastrophic mistake. And here's a perfect example, thinking that the doctor is responsible for knowing what's best for you and saying that, hey, here's a statin drug and it's going to drop your cholesterol and then having all these other problems as a side effect of the cholesterol drugs. You know, statin drugs have a higher rate of hepatocellular carcinoma, a higher risk of um, uh, the musculoskeletal problems. One of the biggest side effects is uh, muscle fatigue, um, and, and it just goes on and on. Of course, the depletion of coins MQ10, which we know that the original mm -hmm. studies that done in Helsinki study showed that when you take a statin drug, you must take ubiquinone coins MQ10 because if you don't, it, it will naturally deplete it. And ubiquinone is a vital cofactor for the mitochondria to function, the mitochondria being the respiratory centers of the cells. So there, there's so many crucial components. Um, and it comes right back to personal responsibility, making sure people take personal responsibility. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, speaking of personal responsibility on the vaccine issue, I mean, I wish they had like a, uh, an informed consent that studies have shown cholesterol uh, levels, if they are higher, you'll live longer and you won't have Alzheimer's before you go on a statin drug so people can think twice about it. Also, the fact that people who have a heart attack, they have tested now cholesterol levels post-heart attack and said the people with higher cholesterol uh, levels also live longer post-heart attack than those with low cholesterol. Say that one more time. People with with higher cholesterols post heart attack live right. longer. Yeah, live yeah, longer that, than those with low. And that makes total sense because yeah. you know if we start recognizing the effect of cholesterol and its uh, importance in uh, reducing the inflammatory cascades and and, and the uh, regeneration of cell membranes and such, um, that's that's a very true statement because cholesterol is important for the healing process as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely it is. So uh, we want to be able to think well into old age and not lose that ability or capacity. One of those things we'll also encourage, part of the nine steps as well as all the things we talk about here, uh, getting out into the natural world, eating cleaner foods, growing your own food, and, and you know, it makes all the difference in the world in keeping all of your bodies healthy, not just the physical, but everything that manifests from it or down to it. And that means a mental health, emotional health, uh, even the spiritual health. You talk about spiritual toxicities in the nine steps as well. Yeah, all all these components come hand in hand, Robert. And I guess um, I probably have a greater appreciation now for what I wrote then mm -hmm. than I did at the time because what I was doing then was just documenting what I had discovered over the last decade and a half, what patients had taught me, what I had observed. But actually seeing how crucial and how well-balanced they all come together and how they all fit together like a perfect pieces of a jigsaw 
Right. Um, I, I have a greater appreciation for it now than than I did back then. Yeah, and you know, the, what are the cancer thing? We, you've you've done a lot, helped a lot of folks with that situation. You didn't go in with the, the thought form. I'm going to help people with cancer necessarily specifically, but of course, applying those principles in those cases has proved to be just as successful as anything. Uh, there's a story out on, uh, let's see, skin cancer. A quarter of skin skin cells are on the road to cancer, according to a new study. And they're worried because people are taking high SPF protection, you know, uh, creams to protect you from so-called sun damage. But the reality is they don't necessarily. But uh, this article says that it, it causes people to stay out in the skin, uh, on the sun longer, but they don't acknowledge the role of the uh, SPF uh, lotions and what they contain to actually create abnormalities of skin cells. Yeah, so that's... That's one part of it. And then the other part of it is that if you're actually blocking the effects of... Uh, or, or the healthy effects of sun exposure, right? Exactly, exactly. And if you're preventing that, that's one part of it. That's what I, I recommend to all my patients 20 minutes of sunlight every day, if at all possible, preferably a little bit more. But there's there's the one part that's the toxicity exposure from all the components within the sunscreen. And then mm-hmm. the second part is the prevention of that vital sunlight that's necessary uh, in order for our bodies to function, like the the calcium, vitamin D component, that that whole cycle, that it's so crucial to have the sunlight. Without sunlight, you're not going to have uh, that entire cascade move forward the way it's supposed to. Right. Do you remember that? We're almost out of time for this segment, but real briefly, do you remember that uh, it was a professional golf, golfer that came to see you with a skin cancer? Absolutely. Yeah, Chris, yeah. Yeah, well, I want to remind everybody about that when we come back from this break because it's an unusual story in that where the cancer occurred and why it occurred may be a little counterintuitive from those who fear the sun. So stick around with us. We've got one more segment to wrap up this Memorial Day edition, acknowledging and honoring those who have given the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom here today on the Robert Scott Bell Show, Monday edition, where we do advanced medicine with Dr. Rasha Bittar. Back after this. Live around the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Scott Bell Show. If you ever have a question or comment, you can go to robertscottbell.com and uh, send your message in any time of the day or night. We'll review it, and we might even answer it on the air or call as well 24-7. Leave us a message, 866-939-BELL, 866-939-2355. Also, uh, if you'd like to find out more information about Dr. Batar, it's linked in the show notes, and you can also go directly to drbuttar.com. Uh, Dr. Bittar, again, among the many folks that you've uh, helped out, sometimes, you know, they're celebrities, sometimes famous sports athletes. A lot of those uh, stories go unmentioned. But one we have talked about in relation to that skin cancer story we just covered, I thought it would be a good time to remind everybody. Yeah, this was a professional golfer, um, Chris. And I think you've actually met him, haven't you? I, di- I did meet him once, yes. Yeah, uh, I think he's actually, if I'm not mistaken, I think Ty actually featured him on his uh the quest for the cure is the first one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think he did. Uh, and Chris was a interesting case. And I think we've talked about this before on the air regarding the place in the body where people get melanoma. And so if cancer, uh, skin cancer, melanoma, which is the most aggressive form of skin cancer. In fact, it's probably one of the most, uh, aggressive forms of cancer, probably in the top three or four glioblastoma, pancreatic cancer and melanoma. Mm-hmm. But, um, I've treated a number of uh, melanoma patients. Uh, the, Unique component of these patients was where on their bodies the melanoma actually occurred. 
So in Chris's case, uh, you know, he was told he had six months. I think he was given from Cleveland Clinic, and then he went to Mayo Clinic, and they gave him nine months. Uh, both said that he should take his leg, they should, you know, amputate his leg, give him a better chance, but they didn't give him more than a year, year and a half at best. And he's, um, let's see, he was 29 at that time. I think he's 35 now, and uh, 34, 35. And of course, you know, he's uh, doing fantastic, and there's no problems, no issues. Uh, he's actually the epitome of what one should be if they've ever had cancer. He is truly, truly, sincerely grateful for having had the experience and he's embraced it. And he's told me very candidly that had he not had this challenge, health challenge, he would have remained in the abyss that he was in before. And now he, there's so many things about the world that he didn't know that he didn't realize. And, and it's, he's learned so much and he's so appreciative, so grateful for having gone through that part of his life. And that's really one of the key components that when people get cancer, cancer is not the problem. Cancer is the uh, is is a is a symptom of mm-hmm. the problem, the underlying problem, and he's very very grateful that he had that signal that came to him that told him he needed to change, and and he's benefited from that. And so that's a common characteristic of those that are successful at beating this. But let's get back to the issue that I know you want me to talk about, Robert. Sorry, right. no problem. My question. Yeah. Um, so the the five uh, melanoma patients that come to mind, uh, Chris had his on the lateral aspect of his ankle, which is normally an area that's covered up by socks right. and wearing shorts. So yep. there's no virtually no exposure to sun there. One of the patients had it, it was a, she was a morbidly obese, uh, in, actually two of them were morbidly obese women. One had it in the underside of her breast. She had very mm-hmm. large breasts um, and it was under the redundant tissue of her breast. So there was no way that even if she was in a bikini. Yeah. Unless she was swinging upside down, it's not going to be getting sun exposure. It's like, exactly. that's, that's where you say where the sun don't shine. Exactly. Yeah. Um, then the other lady had it, um, in, in the air, okay, clitoral. It was in the clitoris. So there's absolutely no way. That's where her melanoma Again, was. Again, another area where the sun don't typically shine. So exactly. the question of sun exposure causing it, you would think it'd be where you get numerous sunburns, and it wasn't happening in these cases. So what exactly. was? And then and then one of the men had it in the gluteal cleft. He was also a very heavy set person. Yeah. And he was in the gluteal cleft again within the crease where, again, the sun wouldn't shine. Yeah. And so um, none of these cases uh, were melanoma occurring in an area of the body that you would typically expect uh, some type of sun exposure that would cause. Right. So real quick, Dr. Batar, we're running out of time faster as always, but uh, what would be the message here, the takeaway? That it has nothing to do with sun exposure. Oops, oops, they made a mistake again. Oh, and by the way, you mentioned morbidly obese on the way up to Chicago. Uh, a morbidly obese woman sitting two rows, no, next to me, but the other seat. Uh, and she pulled out, I guess she didn't like the airline food. There's a story about that. I can't, we don't have time to get into, but instead she pulled out a full pack of Twizzlers and ate them all. Don't do that. I mean, the airline food is bad, but Twizzlers, not any better. I promise yeah. you. Yeah. Actually, I was fortunate. I had good food in the airlines. Okay. Good. I know you were flying well. They were taking care of you, Dr. Batar. Well, hey, thanks for being with me on this Memorial Day edition of Advanced Medicine. Remember, you can get the archives through all of our outlets, including medicalrewind.com. Dr. Batar, I salute you as well in your service and appreciate you so very much that we're able to bring this out even on a holiday. Well, Robert, thanks for being on air with me and doing it because without you, I wouldn't be able to do it, obviously. Yeah. And thanks to the guys as well. Remember, everybody, the power to heal is yours. The Robert Scott Bell Show.